Welcome to New Manager Media, Manage Right from the Start, with Jennifer Takagi. I'm Jennifer, a former climber of the corporate and government ladders turned leadership development entrepreneur. I'm a leadership coach helping you transform your office from feeling like a prison cell into a playground where employees are energized, engaged, and eager to work. Stress is reduced. Productivity is increased. Communication is seamless because playgrounds are much more fun than cubicle cells. Leadership development might seem like hard work, but leadership done right helps you create the team of your dreams. Each week, I'll bring you an inspiring message to pave the way to your successful journey into a leadership role. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to New Manager Media, Manage Right from the Start. This is the 100th episode and I'm so excited. My friend, I call her my online girl crush. Somebody asked me if you had a problem with that and I said, oh, I hope not. I've been calling her that for years. (laughs) (laughs) I think I figured it out. We met in September of 2016. Yes. And it was at an event and they had breakfast early. It started like at eight o'clock It opened for breakfast. And my mother always taught me winners are on time. Losers are late. So I had to be on time. (laughs) I I didn't want to be a loser. And so I walk around the corner to the hallway where the event is and who is there, but the lovely Kat Sullivan and Kat has a business called marketing solves. I immediately signed up and it was to help you do your online marketing for your, your businesses for entrepreneurs. And she's grown. Her business has grown. And now she's developed a whole new business, works with her husband. And I just fell in love with her. I just like stalk her online all the time. And she's so kind. She always responds, (laughs) but hats run businesses. She's worked for businesses. She's kind of done it all. And um, she's going to be your online girl crush in just, you know, a few minutes when you get to know her. So, Kat, why don't you tell us what your businesses are, how you got started? I know a pregnancy and layoff were involved. Oh, yeah. Oh, taking it way back. Okay, first, can I just say, I'm so honored. Honestly, I love you so much. You know how much I love you. I remember meeting you. You were so spunky and you were like so energetic and you walked right up to me, which I absolutely, I love confident people. And you just walked up and like, we just became instant friends. And I always tell people just for the record that you are literally when everyone's like, who's your ideal customer? Who's like your perfect customer? I literally, I'm like, it's Jennifer Takagi. Like she's the best. She's got a good attitude. She always does the work. Like she's, she's determined. She's got passion. Like you are 100% who we talk about as being our like ideal favorite customer. So thank you. This, the mutual admiration goes both ways. Well, and I just want to say it's easy to be the easiest client when you provide excellent service. And I, to digress half a second, I went without internet for a week, which when you work from home and your life is on the internet, that is catastrophic. And they kept telling me it was the COVID. And I said, oh my God, the COVID has been going on for months and people are going back to work in Oklahoma. So that can't be it. There's something else. And we get in fights on chat and it was just drama. And in the end, the problem was not my modem. It was not my internet. My router had gone out. 
nobody told me I could plug the modem directly into my laptop and I could have worked that week instead of fighting them. Uh, they didn't listen to my words long enough to get to the point that it was my router. And I say that because customer service is everything. And Marketing Solved and Taffy, you and Brian and your team provide customer service. I had a huge problem with Taffy. It was weird. It was bizarre. I followed all the steps. I remember. Myself. And I get a, an email from your husband and he says, Jennifer, do you have time for a Zoom call in an hour with my main software developer? And they got to the bottom of the problem and, and fixed it. Well, you could have just blown me off and said, oh, she just, you know, user error or user error. But no, customer service is huge for me. It's huge for you. Yeah. And that's why it's easy to be your ideal client because you're going to provide the service that I need and yeah. all your other thousands, literally thousands of customers need. So, all right, there you go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, customer <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, here, I'll do like a super, I'll do a super quick in intro for those of you who do not know me. Again, my name is Kat Sullivan. Um, let's see. I started out, uh, my corporate background was basically in uh, personal finance. And so I did loans. I was a branch manager. I was very young. I was 20, I think I was 25 when I was promoted to branch manager and I was managing an $11 million branch, which was one of the larger offices at the time. And I was, I don't want to say I was way in over my head, but I was definitely doing a job that, you know, other people with a lot more experience were doing. Um, and with every company that was in personal finance, right, or, or, or finance, we did mortgages, we did boat loans, auto loans, personal loans. And in 08, I was like doing everything right. My husband had a great job. He worked for Bayer Pharmaceuticals. I worked for this great finance company. Like on paper, we did everything right. And we were like, you know what? Let's, it's time for us to have a baby. Like this is, this is the natural progression. This is what we do next. Everything was perfect. He had a good job. I had a good job. Literally the morning I woke up and found out I was pregnant with my first daughter. I go into my office and I just had a feeling and I walked in and I wasn't even there for 10 minutes, you know, making the coffee, turn the lights on, sat down, picked up the phone. It was my district manager. And she was like, Hey, and I knew it was coming. Um, and she was like, we're going to go ahead and close your branch. And you have to tell me today if you would like to take a demotion and then, you know, commute to another office. Um, or if you'd like us to lay you off. And I was like, see you later. You know, I knew it was just not my, it was, it was not my future. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to go. And I had literally had like an hour. It was like, okay, box up your stuff and get the heck out. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So, um, I did. And you know what? That changed my life. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that happened because who knows what would have happened if I would have stayed there unhappy in a crappy job, you know, the bad career and a bad attitude, who knows? But that literally was the, the catalyst. Um, we ended up moving. We decided, you know what, we'll go somewhere more affordable. My husband took a great job and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a stay at home. Like, mom, I'm going to do all the, oh my gosh, I'm going to do crafts and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do like home decor. And I will just be the first to tell you, I am like terrible at all of those things. I can throw you a party, but like at the end of the day, that was just not going to be for me. So I got really bored really fast and I started blogging and then blogging just, I saw it as this opportunity. And then people started asking me, 
how I was growing my blog so fast. And really the secret was I was using social media and this was an 09, like, uh, like late 08, early 09. Twitter was new. Facebook was new. You know, MySpace was, was the only thing that was really out there. And I started using social media to grow my blog and I was one of the first people to do it. And what was interesting is that people wanted to then hire me or pay me to teach them how I was doing it. And first it was bloggers and then it was business owners. And eventually I was like, well, wait a minute. I know social media really, really well. I can do anything. I can grow anything. I can promote anything and get traction. And it was like just this door unlocked. I literally was like, wait a minute. I said to Brian one day, I'm sitting there on the couch and I've got my computer and I'm like, you know, raising babies. I had little babies at the time. And I said to him, I was like, you know what? I think social media is like a job. Like, I think I could get paid for this, which is crazy. Cause you're like, you want to play on Facebook all day and get paid for it. Yeah, I do. And I do right now. Like that's what I do. And, and that was the beginning of the end. Talking to me. I mean, like, that's like, that was the beginning of the end right there. It was like, I just got into something. I loved it. I made it grow. I was in Parents Magazine, Parenting Magazine, Pop Sugar, like top bloggers, um, Disney moms. I was getting uh, deals with Disney, Mattel, Walmart, like big brands, Albertsons, right? Like all these big companies. And it was all because I knew how to get them a ton of exposure through social media. So they wanted to pay me to get in front of my audience. And um, eventually I started teaching other bloggers, teaching other business owners, doing it for other customers. And then we moved into, again, having a skill that not a lot of people are really great at. It allowed us to get really high level clients. We worked with celebrities. We worked with professional athletes. We worked with an NBC television show. Um, so we got into then that high level social media management and eventually it just got to a point where we had so much demand that we needed to kind of, a lot of people say pivot, but we kind of like just, we just kind of like, you know, split off a little bit. We decided to start um, doing training courses. So that way, since I could only do one-on-one with a handful of people because clients are super demanding, I'm like, well, what about all these other people that I'm amassing this following? People want to learn more. So we started doing info courses, info products and helping them. That way I can sell one course one time, you know, to a million people. So we started just kind of like tailoring off the services and we pushed more into the online courses, which became marketing solved. And then we finally found that in social media, you know, a lot of people's complaints were, I don't know have time. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to post and I don't know how to create content. And so that's really where we morphed into, well, what if we create like a done for you social media, like social media in a box kind of thing. Our first iteration was called monthly marketing solve where we gave, that's what you bought like way back when. Um, and that was every month we would give people an editorial calendar, a zip file of graphics. Um, we would tell them what to post every day. We would give them ideas. And we literally just took that because it became so popular we made it a software and that's what Tassie is right now. And so that's kind of how, you know, that's like as fast as I can tell the story in a very short time. <laughs> and I will say I recently had a conversation with someone because I use Tassie and you can create the graphics, um, brand it, and then have it post at certain times and you tell me when I need to promote something versus I need to be engaging or whatever, which I love, thank you. And recently someone said, well, what about growth? What about strategy? What about this? What about that? And 
I thought about being offended for half a second and then it hit me. I'm doing all that, but since they don't know Tassie, they don't get it. And so my response to that was, I was told the number one thing in social media is to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and spent two and a half hours while watching TV on a Sunday night. And I created 40 posts for the 31 days of July. And then I insert other posts as things come up, but people are going to see me 40 times in the month of July done. I have to think about it after that. So that is growth. That is strategy. That is a plan. And if I want to do bigger, do more then I can buy ads. Right. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is, you know, there is strategy behind it. I create that calendar. I tell you what to post and when, and I know that if you're going to post, so a lot of things, you know, when it comes to social media and building a brand on social media, a lot of people don't understand the way that social media builds your brand. And that's through consistency. That's through showing up every single day. And it's also through making like building your own community, but making sure like what's the back end. So I consider social media a boomerang. What I'm putting out there is going to help me grow my business some way. So we just make sure that Tassie gives you that, that balance of this is valuable content that keeps people engaged and keeps people, that keeps me in front of people. And then I have content that's going to help me get whatever I want, which is traffic to my podcast or traffic to my website or leads in for my opt-in. And then from there, there's other systems and strategies that come into play. Um, but social media is the front end. It's building community. It's showing up. It's getting out there. And that's where most people make the mistake. They think that they either have to pay for ads or that, you know, just showing up every day isn't, isn't enough, but they never even try it to see what would happen. So there's definitely strategy there more than I could tell you in a couple hours, but yes. (laughs) Yes. So in building these two brands, two businesses, I know you didn't do it all alone. Your husband, Brian was there too, uh, until you grew it enough for him to you retired him from his job early yes, so he could join mm-hmm. in the business full time. And so you've hired people, you've hired teams, you did it both. And it's kind of funny. And um, I was in mortgage banking and I was a supervisor at, I was 23, 24. Oh, so, gosh. you know, our, our similarities just keep on showing up. So what, like, what have you learned as you work with people, manage people, led people, you inspire people, right? Because you inspire people to do more with their businesses, do more with their social media. Today, you even had a training call for one of your private groups. Mm-hmm. And before you ended the call, you said, you have to tell me what you're going to do, how you're going to use this. And if you do, then I'll send you my slide deck. Right. So you're still inspiring. You're still leading. What do you do? How do you do? And for a newer manager, what are some things that either you implemented back in the day that you're still using that worked, or that you know now you kind of wish you had? Okay. Oh, that's a lot to unpack. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Pick one. (laughs) Okay. Pick one. No, you know, so yes, we have had I'll start kind of on the management side, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful that I had the experience to work in an office with people because I do feel like when you're working with people, especially as their manager, you know, they do 
look to you as their leader. They do look to you like, well, you're in a, a I don't want to say a power position, but you know, they do sure. look to you like, well, you got there. So you've clearly got some accomplishments. So how can I, you know, I, I do that. And I'm a big fan of leading by example, right? I'm just a big fan of doing things the right way that you expect. But at the end of the day, I'm also the type of leader that says, I want to do it with you just to support you, right? Like, so there's, there's, there's watch me do it. There's like, listen to me do it. Um, but then there's, let's do it together. And I have always been, whether it's being a manager of, you know, six employees or right now, you know, where we manage a very big virtual team, or if it's me leading, you know, my business owners, it's let's do it together. Let, let's talk it through. Let me teach you. Let me show you, but then let's do it together. And I feel like that's a really strong, it's a strong strategy because people feel more confident and comfortable when they have someone there with them that they can rely on. If there's a question, if there's a hiccup, if they need a little support, if they need a little encouragement, which a lot of people sometimes just need a little encouragement. They need a little confidence. Um, and I think them knowing someone's with you, even though I'm not with you, like I'm not with you doing this, but I'm supporting you online. I see you posted and, and I'll go in and I'll support you. And so that's really just been my strategy is just to really be a part of a team, uh, very open communication, have very difficult conversations, be willing to get ahead of issues before they happen. Um, as someone who's hired, you know, we've hired a lot of people and we've had to let quite a few go because virtual is a little bit different than in person, right? In person, you can definitely manage someone and get, you know, get more work out of them. When it's virtual, you don't necessarily, I mean, we get a timesheet, we know what they're working on, but at the end of the day, you know, those things can be manipulated. And so that is one of the things you'll start to see little cracks. You'll start to see, well, wait a minute, like little hiccups, little things that aren't getting done. And you really have to be ahead of it. You need to be able to look and see, okay, well, this is kind of slipping right here. We need to make sure that we're communicating about that. Let's make sure we know the expectations are clear. And if they're not, don't be afraid to let people go. You have to. You have to be willing to, one, be very observant, know what's going on. Um, and then the other part of it is just kind of your intuition. And I think that you can kind of foresee a problem or for me, I'll feel if a, if a company's not a good fit, I'll feel if they're, they're slipping, I'll feel it first. And I follow that intuition really strongly and we're not afraid to fire fast. You know, you just have to be like, okay, if this isn't going to get the end result that we're hoping for, and we're, we're investing this significant amount of money into it, let's just cut it and let's move on. And no hard feelings, you know, business is business, but that's been a really helpful strategy as we move forward, especially as we bring on so many more team members, right? It's just being able to kind of monitor virtually and, and, and stay in tune with how the situation's going. Well, and that's really good for right now because there are some businesses where the non-essential employees are still working from home where they don't physically have to be in the office because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And, and people are having to manage people that don't see for the first time. I do a lot of trainings with the state of Oklahoma and I can remember three years ago, four years ago, I did a training and they said, Oh, we would never let our people work from home. No. And 
as time has gone by, it was a little more, a little more. They let him work from home one day a week. It was a problem. And then poof, literally overnight, their people are working from home. And so I've been trying to share some ideas and strategies. Like you say, what are they working on? How is it going? We often hear about the whole generational differences. The baby boomers and traditionalists are adamant. You have to work 40 hours a week. Well, now you have the Gen Xers and the Gen Zs coming up and the Ys, the millennials, all the different terms. And they're saying, but if I can get the job done, why do I have to still be here? Like, hello. Good question. And so I, I had a conversation recently with a very high official with the federal government. And I said, how's that going working from home? And he said, I've never worked from home in my life. And wow, this is working better than I ever thought. And I said, do you think you're going to be a little more lax when people want to work from home? Yes. But you've got to, you've got to engage with them. You know, it's so mm -hmm. easy to turn a project over to somebody that you can't see. Because like you say, in the office, you can walk by them and see mm -hmm. what they're working on. But it's easy to get a project and out of sight, out of mind. 100%. Yeah. It, it's, that's, it's absolutely true. You know, it's funny now because when I hire people, you know, and depending on what we hire them for, if we hire someone for Tassie, it's a very, very rigorous, you know, bringing them on board and, and we don't just let anybody inside because right. it's, it's big. Um, but for marketing solve for me now, you know, if I hire someone, I literally say like, I'm not going to micromanage you here's what I expect. Here's what I'm hiring you for. And here's when I want it by. Like, if you need someone that's going to micromanage you, I am not a good client for you and you are not a good employee for me. And I feel like setting that up in the very beginning creates a very clear line of communication. If there's an issue, of course I'm available, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm looking for people who are self-sufficient, who are independent, who, if they, if it want, if they want to take eight hours to get it done, fine by me. And if they want to cram and get it done in two hours, that's fine by me too. How, whatever your work style is, I support that. And I think that now, honestly, with the pandemic, I think that I think this is going to open up the just the flexibility of letting people work from home. Honestly, it's it, it as long as the work gets done, I don't care if they're doing it in front of their couch while eating a bowl of top ramen or if they're sitting at a desk. You know, I it, however you want to get it done is fine with me. And on that topic of micromanaging, I, if the topic comes up a lot and new managers are scared, right? If I turn this over to you, are you going to do it? Or are you going to get it done? And so my one major tip from that is give someone an assignment and then set a milestone for a check-in. like that. That's so if awesome. you give it to them Monday and it's due Friday, you say Wednesday morning, let's have a check-in, see where you are. And if you need my support, because sometimes they won't come to you, but if you go to them, they'll open it up because I, when, when it's in person or there's a way for people to raise their hands online, I ask the question, who likes to be micromanaged? No one. And amazingly, nobody raises their hand. So why are you going to micromanage your people? Such so, a true statement. I love that you tell them up front. If you need somebody to hold your hand through this process, I'm not the person for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, thanks. I love that.
I love that. So what else? So you set the expectations, you look for the little cracks, you follow up regularly without micromanaging, but you're not going to find the cracks if you're not in some way following up. What's one more crucial thing you think that we should do as we're managing others? You know, I'm going to kind of flip this because I know a lot of people will probably go with like, you know, some quote or I don't know, some tactic, but I think it's very much about being, um, it, it goes back to being a human. <laughs> it goes back to like, we're all people who are all on the same team, who are all trying to, to achieve the same goal. And I don't want to be overly friendly. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, you have to find the balance of, I don't want to necessarily be your best friend, but I do want to have a very good relationship with you where you can come and talk to me if you need help or if you're struggling or any way that I can help you. And that was really, really, especially when I worked in the office and I had those employees, I needed them to trust me, but I also needed them to know like we're friendly but we're not necessarily always going to be friends, right? Work is important. And so making sure that you find that balance of being approachable um, and being open and being available without having to be their friend, right? Like I'm a mom, I have three kids and I want to be their friend, but I have to be their mom. My number one goal is I need to show you how to be a good human that's self-sufficient. <laughs> and so you really have to find whatever balance is good for you. Everybody's got a different learning style and everyone has a different management style. And so if you can find a way to do that in a manner that they are openly receiving it, you will get so much more work out of them than if you pretend to be their best friend and, all right, Jennifer, go ahead and get it done. And then they're like, cat won't care. I'm just going to, you know, turn this in late. She's cool with me. We're cool. Um, so you really have to find that, that balance, but it does go back to just being human, right? It's just, I love you. I respect you. I want you to do well. We got to get this done. So I'm going to give you what you need. If you need me, let me know, but be human. We need more of that. We do need more of that. And I recently did an interview with a fabulous woman that you could be best friends with too. And her name is Elena Fulvio and her business is providing um, HR support for companies mm -hmm. and her business is human centric. And if a client either isn't human centric where the humans come first or they're not trying to move into that model. She pretty much won't work with them because that means so much to her. And we call it being a we leader. And it's amazing how the universe makes things align because ever since that conversation with her in that interview, I see we leaders show up. I see human centric. And then you're like, man, one of the biggest things is to put people first. Right now, especially, people have more stress and more fears than you and I have seen in 100%. a huge part of our lives at any rate, because, you know, they don't know if they're going to get sick, if they don't know if their loved one's going to get sick. Some people handle that differently, and some people feel it more mm -hmm. deeply, and we kind of have to give people a little bit of room 
because it's not, oh, I was at a conference recently, well, before the pandemic, um, <laughs> and they talked about it's not work-life balance, it's work-life integration. How do you integrate the two? Because you don't leave your home life at home when you walk in your bedroom and lock the door so you can work for your eight hours that day because the kids are out there running around and your spouse is out there running around and where's Duke, by the way? She's got the cutest German Shepherd dog. Yeah, I had to close the door. I'll see you'd be in here right now, all of in your all of in your business. Yeah, he's he's hit that door going, Mom, Mom, what about me? So that is, I mean, it's just it's always been important, but it seems now it's like bigger. Yeah, it is you know, it's funny because when I think back to the kind of bosses I had they weren't people like they weren't people, people, you know, they were, they got there because they were good hard workers and that's how they got their promotions, but they were not easy to work with or work for. And I think knowing the type of management style you don't like allows you to be a better manager because you can say, wow, that really doesn't work for me. I don't want to do that to people that work for me. And I think there's a really, there's a lot you can learn in what you don't like and what you don't respond to and how you can leverage those feelings and those experiences to being, to, to creating better experiences for your, your own environment. Chances are, if you hate it, somebody else does too. 100% agreed. Yeah. And everybody has a different learning style and everybody has a different, you know, work style. I had, I, I'll tell you, come tell you a funny story. This is one of my like new manager, young girl. And I worked in a pretty, um, sketchy area of town, Hayward, California. It was definitely like, it was a little sketchy. And I had a team of four women under me. Some of them were very young. I mean, uh, 21 was the youngest, I think. And, um, I will never forget, I pull up my car, I'm getting out, and I see them in the window, and they're just screaming at each other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening right now? And I go in, and they're like, I mean, they're like going at it, screaming at each other. And this, those are like things that you never, ever, ever, you don't prep for that. There's no, there's no like, there's no training you go through to learn how to, to deal with those situations. And I remember I walked in, and they were, the argument was over. Um, so a client had called who had called like a week prior for a loan and they'd called back and a new girl took the app and the loan amount was for a high dollar. And so they were fighting over whose, whose loan it was, which is so silly at the end of the day. But I remember I walked in and was like, I don't know. I don't know. I had to separate them, you know? And then I'm like, how do I fix this? And that was one of the biggest like learning experiences for what kind of manager do you want to be right now? Do you want to be the manager that disciplines them? Do you want to be the manager that, you know, shuts them both down, tells them they're being silly? Or do you want to be the manager that finds a solution and gets everybody working back together harmoniously? And I had to make that decision in minutes. Like, well, how do I want to approach this? How do I want to handle this? And at the end of the day, I want everyone to work together, obviously. And I did the old like compliment sandwich, right? Okay, let's talk about the problems. Okay, you know, so-and-so, I need you to say something kind about so-and-so and so-and-so, I need you to say something. I swear, I was like, management book 101, how do I handle this? Um, but if I never would have experienced that, I wouldn't have known how to handle it, right? So again, I think a lot of things come down to experience and knowing, 
you know, how you would want someone to handle it if you were the one in the situation. And of course, you know, being like kind and complimentary and compassionate just never goes out of style. So. Well, and it's that whole emotional intelligence, right? Because you as the manager have to hold your it together before you interact with them. So thank goodness you had those few steps from the car to the door, because if you become enraged, you're just going to inflame the situation. Oh, totally. You know, at the end of the day, you always need to focus on what do I want out of this? You know, what's the end goal? What am I trying to achieve? What's the solution that we need here? And that's probably the best way. Is this employee going to work out for us? Well, what's the long-term goal we want out of this employee? Or is this strategy going to, is this management style going to work? Well, what's the goal? Is, is this getting us closer to our goal? And if not, you know, you make decisions from there. So just focusing on like, what's the best solution for this scenario and then leading with, you know, your intuition. Well, and you have to, because if you walk in and inflame the situation, then what's going to happen? Morale goes down, productivity goes down, your bottom line goes down, everything becomes in the red instead of the black. So there are some leaders out there who really think that's being um, soft and fluffy when in actuality, it's the hardest thing you can do because you have to hold it together. 100%. While you're trying to diffuse the situation, because that's really what you're doing is you're diffusing a hostile situation. And wow, I never walked into one of those kind of fights where I was a supervisor. I witnessed some people. Oh, gosh. It isn't like me having to separate it out. I was like, wow, people like do this. I exactly. It's like, Oh yeah. And they do. And they do. And they do. And so for all of us who have had to deal with it, (laughs) we're all, we get it. It's hard work. That's hard. Being a manager is hard work. Managing people is hard work. Making people want to work for you is hard work. Getting people to love what they do is hard work, you know, and it does come down to what kind of a leader are you and what is the goal and how are you, you know, how are you handling that? But yeah, management is not an easy It's not easy at all. And you have to decide every single morning or every night, depending on if you work the day shift or the night shift, you have to decide I'm going to do better today than I did yesterday. And even if you had completely blown that situation with those two gals, you, you could have fixed it. Like most things can be repaired. Would it have taken longer? Yeah. Would there have been Mm -hmm. some trust issues? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But you can do better. I facilitated a course one time and at every break, this gal came up to me like in tears going, I've been doing this wrong all along. I've been doing this wrong all along. And I said, it's okay. But now, you know, you can do better tomorrow. We always have that opportunity to do better when we feel like we failed. And the other thing is sometimes we don't fail quite as bad as we think we do. Mm -hmm. We like to beat ourselves up a lot. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I'm with you. That's what we do. Okay. So one last thing you might want to share about management or leadership or business, you know, uh, here's what it is. Here's what I think it all comes down to. Um, it's, it's, 
and I'll say this as someone who's in this position that I'm in now, we have a lot, you know, we have 16,000 customers at Marketing Solved, which is a, a significant amount. We have a very large amount of social media uh, c- community. And I think the reason so many people would consider me a leader would, or follow me for inspiration is because we're doing it, right? We're taking action and people are inspired not just by what you say, not by having the right thing to say all the time, but they are really inspired by what you do and the actions that you take. And I've always felt like just lead by doing what's right. My grandpa raised me. He's 90. He just turned 97 years old. And, you know, he's amazingly great um, corporate career his whole life. And I love talking to him about business because he always tells me it always comes down to doing the right thing. And I never let, I never started social media to be like, I'm an influencer and I want to tell you what to do, but it's more like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And people are inspired by that. They're inspired by people that take action. They're inspired by people that can handle a difficult situation They're They, they see inspiration by what you do and how you act. And so I believe that the better that you are, Uh, the more people you're going to inspire and you start to lead those people. It doesn't always have to be with what you say. I think a lot of people think, well, I have to write this great post or I have to, you know, I have to come out with this great speech and no, they just need to see you doing the right thing. You lead by example and people are inspired by that and that inspires them to want to take action. And that I think is probably put it on my tombstone, you know, like lead by example, but always focusing on doing the right thing. Um, and you'd be amazed at how many people you can inspire with that, with that idea. And it's so huge. So you, you've really hit huge points. Do things the right way. Lead by example. Set expectations. Yes. And then follow up to make sure they're living up to it. Don't micromanage. And be human. God, that's be so human. Huge. So if we have entrepreneurs listening... And they're interested in social media. Where would they go to find Tassie? Oh, okay. Go to gettassie.com and check it out. We have uh, at Tassie, the social media management software. It's literally a done for you product where you sign up. It's not like other social media schedulers where you just open it up and you're on your own. It literally, it guides you. It says, Hey, here's a calendar for you to follow. We recommend you post this today, this tomorrow, promote your business on this day, promote your business on that day. And then if you don't have time to create the content, there are content libraries inside that you can use unlimited and you can add your logo. So it creates a really beautiful branded graphic. And if you follow that, you'll get, I mean, 60 posts up for a month, promoting your business, promoting your brand. Um, and you can get it done. I do it in 43 minutes a month. I do Tassie. And then if you want to learn just marketing and social media and how to make money online, you can go to marketingsolved.com. Tons of free resources there. You'll probably have so much training. You'll be like, oh my gosh, shut up, cat. Got it. <laughs> Enough. Enough. But- well, and speaking of integrity, I really loved that when the pandemic hit, your first thing that you started coming out with was bundling your products and slashing the price. Yeah. Because you wanted to help new entrepreneurs or businesses that really hadn't leveraged social media 
have the opportunity to do that in a really big way. So in the show notes, I'll post um, the link for, for Tassie and Marketing Solved. I have, I have affiliate links for both of those, as a matter of you fact. You sure do. <laughs> Best customer ever. <laughs> Yeah, I have to, uh, side note, I have to email Kat, do I already own this? Do, do I need this? Or- you know what? You do do that. Sometimes you've bought stuff and I'm like, you've already owned this. And then we have to re- literally refund her because she's just like, oh, I just saw it. And I knew it came from you and I wanted it. Um, again, like perfect example of like best customer ever. They just, they just give you like, give you money all the time. Uh, it just keeps on coming, right? But you're also, just for the record, she's the best customer ever because she's kind. She she always speaks highly of us, even when she had a problem. Like, you know, again, it just goes back to being a human. It goes back to being, you didn't get mad that it didn't work. You were like, well, I'm having this problem. Can you guys help me? If you would have approached us differently, you know, the response would have been different, but you were, the again being a human being kind to people people in customer service like they are just getting destroyed online because everyone's angry and people are coming at them so yeah being a good person really it it speaks volumes to who you are well i know when i i had the one conversation with the young man on uh, my internet situation i said i'm so sorry that it's you that gets me but like let me tell you this is day five and you all canceled my service guy that was supposed to be here at eight o'clock this morning. And I was not responsible, respectful, but I was nice enough that he started laughing at me when I had my temper tantrum and said, ma'am, let me just get you to a supervisor. You're like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I guess my temper tantrum wasn't that bad. It just felt that bad to me because I knew it was so not my, you know, desire to act that way. Kat, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you're just a very busy woman, but I love, love, love getting preferential treatment and you coming on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And if you all, if the listeners, you want to continue the conversation, join the Facebook group, New Manager Mastery, where we can continue, I can talk really easily all of a sudden, where we can continue the conversation and address other issues that come up in your daily life. I'm Jennifer Takagi, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you for joining today. Please hop on over to iTunes to leave us a review and share our channel with your friends and family. Head over to TakagiConsulting.com gift for a great free gift. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and TakagiConsulting.com. We would love to hear from you. And may your days be filled with more success than you ever dreamed possible.